Hey there, this is Katie Brinkley, and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Marketing. This podcast is all about helping Colorado-based small business owners, entrepreneurs, and professionals discover the strategies and systems that take their marketing to all new heights. Let's dive into today's episode. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Today, my guest is Kyle Wells. After years of working in corporate America, Kyle decided to give up the secure, though mundane, life of working for a large company. He dreamed of owning a coffee shop with his wife and partner, Feline. While his wife was encouraging, most everyone else said, a coffee shop? But you have a good job. Why would you leave? Kyle, welcome to the show. It is so great to have you today. I can't wait to hear your story of entrepreneurship. Yeah, thanks for having me. So Kyle, let's start at the beginning. Tell us where you grew up and what your life was like growing up. Yeah, uh, growing up, grew up in Aurora, uh, Colorado, um, just a suburb there of Denver and um, you know, pretty regular suburban uh, life growing up and then um, it's time to go to college and kind of felt like I wasn't sure what I wanted to do and started filling out applications and let that kind of lax for a little while and so decided, um, well, maybe I'll join the military. And so I um, looked at the Air Force and looked at the Navy and um, Nobody in my family really was in the military, and you know I had grandfathers way back in World War II that were all part of it, but um, but nobody else was really in the military, and so everybody in my family thought I was crazy. But um, decided to join the Navy and and do that just for hopefully money for college and trying to figure out what I was going to do, and so um, got some direction there and um, ended up in the engine room on a destroyer out in Pearl Harbor and. Um, did that for four years and then um, decided that wasn't the life for me and really never thought I was going to be there for 20, but um, was discharged, uh, honorably discharged from the Navy and then um, started working at a call center just because I wasn't sure what else I was going to do. And and so I was working for a satellite company um, back then. And next thing I knew, I was working there for a long time. And, and so I... Um, I was at DirecTV and uh, actually the company I was with was Primestar and they were bought by DirecTV and then um, just worked my way up through through that company and was doing um, some IT work for them and uh, working in the field ops group. And like you said, had a pretty good job, and um, but it was a little bit mundane or boring uh, for lack of a better way of saying it. And uh, my wife, Lean was um, had taken the plunge in entrepreneurship, and she was always a little bit more of a risk taker than I was. So, we'd opened a salon called Let Them Have It Salon back in um, 2013. And that's over in the Uptown neighborhood here in Denver, and uh, we're at 20th in Pennsylvania. And so we we had our salon, and we had been doing that. And um, the more after AT&T bought Directv, it was kind of like, well, um, you know, we went from a mid-sized company to a gargantuan company, uh, as, as I'm sure you know, and, um, you know, really went from being a name to being a number and um, was looking for something that was a little more gratifying and, um, and so decided when they came back with a opportunity to take a severance package, um, decided it was time to move on and, um, and so actually just down the street from our house over here in Park Hill, um, there was a development that we had looked at 
quite a few times and try to talk to the landlord there a couple times and um, they weren't really that open to any kind of negotiation but we had talked about maybe we would do a coffee shop in this one spot and um, as the whole AT&T thing was happening a new uh, group had purchased that property and it's a block between 22nd and 23rd on Oneida um, and so after they had purchased it they had put out an artist rendering of kind of what they envisioned for that block and right when we were right where we were talking about doing a coffee shop they had on the artist rendering had indicated they were going to do coffee there and um, so we reached out and the owners i think were somewhat hesitant of having us there because we had never done coffee before we had done small business with the salon but we hadn't been in the coffee space and they were looking for somebody that was a little more established in coffee and um and so you know, we came back to them with a number of different proposals and how we would make it work and what we had envisioned. And um, I think whether it was because we were the ones that were crazy enough to take this on because it was an older, older property and it was going to be more money to do the build out there or, you know, other people had passed or whatever, whatever happened there, we were um, awarded with the, uh, the space. And so, um, you know, our original dream was kind of a, a 600 square foot smaller, just kind of stop in, take out coffee shop, uh, became a 1200 square foot space. And, um, you know, now it still feels like it's too small, but, um, but back then it was, wow, this is going to be a, a much bigger space. And, um, they kind of just gave us the, what they kept calling the vanilla shell. And we, um, got with an architect and our contractor and, built it out and, and figured out what we wanted to do there and you know took a lot of classes and talked to a lot of different shops and people and um decided what we were going to do and and so we uh, ended up opening torpedo coffee and that name you know comes from the the saying damn the torpedoes um which was a an old uh, admiral in the navy way back when in the civil war um he had going into the battle of mobile bay admiral farragut he um, was outgunned and you know all of his crew had said we can't do this there's torpedoes and he said damn the torpedoes I think back then he actually said full steam ahead but um, it's morphed over the years to full speed ahead so um, you know we always talked about this was my damn the torpedoes moment and um, so we we kind of said we're gonna go for it and we called it torpedo coffee because double meaning I was in the Navy and then it was also my damn the torpedoes moment. So Dude, that's a great uh, reason, reasoning behind the name. I mean, a lot of times you don't, you always wonder where people come up with the name for their, for their businesses and restaurants and, and it, what a neat story to tie it into your Navy history. And one the whole reason why you decided to go with a coffee shop of, of all things, you know, what, what made you decide to do coffee out of all of the different types of, small businesses out there? Yeah, I think, you know, for me, it was one of those when I was in corporate America, I, I traveled a lot. And um, I always tried to go to the more independent shops when I'd go to different towns and, and check out different things. And I always enjoyed one, the the feeling of kind of community or, or connections that you would get at these shops. And even if I was just stopping in quickly, um, it always had a, a better feeling to me than say the, the larger chains. Um, and I, I really liked, you know, I tend to kind of geek out on some things. And so I liked the, the aspects of coffee that you can get much um, deeper into, you know, the origins and the, you know, where the different types of processing methods and 
and the different brewing methods and all the things that come with that. And so um, I really enjoyed some of those aspects of coffee. But um, and so that was really kind of the initial impetus for me to open the shop was, you know, I'm going to have all the different types of coffee and all the different brewing methods. And we're going to, you know, educate everybody on coffee and um, what it kind of morphed into or what it became was much more of a about the community and the connections. Um, and, you know, what I realized was our demographic, not that they didn't care, but it was more about, yes, I want a really good cup of coffee. I don't need all the different brewing methods. I just want a great cup of coffee and a place that, you know, welcomes me and, and is more down to earth. And I think that's one of the big things that um, Feline and I have both, with both businesses have, have really trying to engender there is a, a place that feels down to earth, doesn't feel pretentious, um, isn't intimidating when you come in, right? Of like, oh, I'm not sure what a single origin natural processed coffee is. Cool, we'll talk about it. We can tell you all about it. And if you just want a quick latte to go, great, we'll do that too, right? And so at both the salon and, and the coffee shop, um, we feel like we, we try to educate people and, and be there for questions and, and help them more than it is kind of a too cool for school, you know, attitude. Absolutely. And did you find yourself kind of researching and learning about coffee uh, before opening up the shop? Or have you this kind of been as you've grown and, uh, okay, we're going to source from, you know, Ethiopia, you know, or we're gonna kind of going along the way, uh, learn yeah. to see your pants? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we, um, I had been researching some when I was, as, was doing the, the corporate gig and, and more just kind of figuring out what origins I liked, what processing methods I liked. Um, and then as we got more serious about the shop, we started working with Corvus, uh, who's a local roaster here. I love uh, Corvus, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we started working with those guys, um, doing some of their classes, and then um, just reached out and, and started working with their sales rep. And, and, you know, it was, hey, we might have an idea of a shop. And he was like, yeah, cool. I don't care what you're doing. I'll answer whatever questions you have. And, and they were very, very helpful. Um, and so they've, they've become our primary roaster um, at our shops. So. Great. Now, if switching away a little bit from coffee, if someone is listening right now who is an aspiring or a new business owner, what's the single biggest piece of advice that you would want to give him or her as their journey starts? Um, business plan. Um, really just kind of, you know, for as much as it feels a little bit um, too nuts and bolts or numbers or, or whatever you want to call it. I mean, getting into a business plan and there's a, a number of different online tools that can help you to put that business plan together. We used a, a, a site called Live Plan, but um, you know, there's so many out there if you Google a business plan, but um, putting that business plan together really helps you to nail down your thoughts and, and put them into the different kind of categories, even though you may never present that executive summary or that elevator pitch or, you know, the different parts of a business plan, just putting it on paper to be able to, to formulate what that looks like, that, that's huge, right? And then to be able to get into those numbers to say, okay, yeah, year one, this is what it's going to look like. Here's how much I'm going to, it's going to cost to build. Um, because I think doing that and putting it into a tool like that, it forces you to, um, go and research those things of, okay, how much is an espresso machine? How much is a three compartment sink? You know, how much is a refrigerator? I mean, those things that, yeah, I think I know I'm going to need these things, but 
actually figuring out, okay, how much do, do these things cost? And, and then, you know, the, the hidden cost of like, how much does an architect cost? How much does permitting cost? You know, the, you start to put all of that stuff together and that, that gives you a much bigger picture of like, great, that's my dream, but what's it going to really take to get me that dream? Not only in the, the financials, but okay, how much effort, how much work am I going to have to put into this? And, and starts to give you an idea of that, that research that you're going to have to do um, to put this together. If you could go back and do anything differently in your journey to where you are now, what would you change, if anything? Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think one of the things with doing the salon first, that, that helped um, to kind of figure out, like, make sure you fully vet your, your contractors, your, your support staff, for lack of a better way of saying it. Um, you know, we, we were burned a little bit and with some of our contractors and architects with the salon. Um, and so, so that taught us some hard lessons where we um, really made sure to, to vet the people that we were going to work with when we did the coffee shop. Um, and, and we found some, some great people there that, that really helped us quite a bit. Um, I think, I think if anything, it's, you know, some of the, the materials or some of those decisions that you have to make quickly, um, while you're building, because I have to meet this deadline because an inspector's coming or, you know, whatever that some of those, um, some of those deadlines may not be as hard and fast as you think. And, and there may be some of those things that you should stick to your guns more on, you know, this material for the countertop wasn't necessarily what I wanted. And shoot, you know, a year and a half later, it's starting to wear more than probably we thought it would. Um, so, you know, maybe we should have researched that a little bit more or, you know, held fast on, on making sure that we um, got a, a different material or, or got a different cabinet maker or countertop guy, right? Because it just isn't going to right then when you're doing it, it may look great, but you know, you're going to, you're signing a five-year lease or a 10-year lease or whatever that looks like. And, and you're going to have to see that through. So it, I think that's the other thing is I would say is just understand when you're making some of these decisions that sure that used piece of equipment sounds great right now because you're saving $200 or, or whatever that is, but you know, you're going to have to live with that compressor on that refrigerator or whatever, whatever those things are. But that life of that, that machine or that, you know, computer or whatever you're going to do, um, it's going to depreciate. It's going to, you know, wear out um, and know that you're going to, whatever you're buying is going to have to last you for a while. So. Yeah. And I think that that brings up a good point too, is a lot of times, you know, when you're working with contractors or other businesses, you know, and it, they come back and say, Oh, well, we have this counter instead, or we have this fridge instead. And it's almost like, oh, well, that'll be okay. Even though it's not exactly what you wanted, um, you don't really think about like, well, I'm going to put my foot down in this instance because uh, you don't realize how big of a commitment or difference it'll make until you're five years down the road. And you're like, yeah, sure enough, I should have gone with the, those counters instead because they wouldn't have been, you know, leaving stains, you know, like this one does. Exactly. Yep. If you could go back, um, I'm sorry, if, if you could give any business uh, owner out there uh, some advice, what, what do you think the biggest mistake that many business owners make when they're trying to su sustain a successful business? Um, I would probably say not having enough um, capital, not having enough working capital, um, because there's such a massive amount of, of 
cash that you have to have to build and to, to get all the inventory, to hire everybody, to, to do all of those things. And then, um, you know, the hope is sure you, you open the doors and people are going to be there day one. Um, with Torpedo, we were somewhat lucky because we had, we have a lot of schools right around there. So a lot of people were waiting for us to open and, and it's somewhat of a built in captive audience. But even then it was still having to, to build that, that clientele, build that, that customer base. Um, and if you think you have enough cash to be able to pay everybody and keep that inventory coming in, you don't. And so make sure you have more um, because it, it's, you know, if you think about the inventory that you're going to have to have in house and, and, you know, of course I'm talking about a coffee shop, but um, anything that's going to expire, right. You, you want to understand that you're going to have waste in that first month, two months, six months, unfortunately. And um, so you may have, you know, baked goods or um, milk or, you know, whatever those things are that you're buying that you're hoping you're going to get those customers and you need to have that inventory so that your shelves are stocked, but you may not get those customers day one or day, you know, 60. Um, and so you're probably going to be throwing away more than you expect. And, and you're going to need to have that cash to be able to sustain um, paying people and buying that inventory still um, while you're building. Now for the for our listeners that are listening right now, we're right in the thick of uh, coronavirus and COVID-19. So how has that affected how your business model is working right now? And what are you doing to find and engage uh, to sell to your ideal clients and customers these days? You know, I, I think as a business owner, that's one of the other things that, that Felina and I, I mean, we knew prior to the pandemic happening, but um, is, is you have to be agile. You have to be very ready to, to adjust your business model um, as, as things change in the marketplace. Um, with the pandemic, right, it was a huge, huge shift because um, all three of our businesses, and, and so just as a quick aside, I mean, we also had opened a second location of our coffee shop right a month before this all hit. And, um, and so you, you have to be ready to, to shift and adjust. And so all three of them were shut down in some fashion, right? The salon was shut down altogether um, and remained shut down until the end of the month. Uh, fingers crossed that we we're able to open then. Um, and we had shut down both of the, the coffee shops for um, two weeks, just you know, being proactive about social distancing. And, and we shut it down probably a day or two before um, the governor and, and the mayor had then said, okay, it's gonna be carry out only. We shut down altogether um, just to kind of limit the potential um, exposure for us and our staff uh, and our customers, quite frankly. And, um, and so we did that and then looked to regroup and be proactive about, okay, what is this going to look like after we got new direction from you know, the Department of Health and, and the governor? Um, and so once they said we could do carry out and, um, and take out, we, we shifted and, and um, were able to, to quickly put up an online store for Torpedo, um, you know, spent a couple of long nights building that out. And, and, um, and similarly with the salon, we're also then um, been working to build out an online store and have that as, well, at least we can do some retail and shipping or, you know, we quickly became somewhat of a delivery service and, um, and we're able to, 
you know, whether it was Feline doing some virtual consultations, talking to hair clients about, you know, here's a conditioner that might work for you while you're stay at home. Uh, and oh, by the way, do you need coffee? And because our other location does have a liquor license, so hey, by the way, we have wine. Um, and so we've, we've done some different deliveries where we're delivering, you know, shampoo, conditioner, coffee beans, and wine to a customer. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I mean, and I feel like that's um, kind of one of the things that you have to be able to do as a, as a successful entrepreneur is be being ready to pivot in case of anything. I mean, I don't think anyone would have ever planned on something like this happening, but being able to try and pivot and quickly adapt in order to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. What type of marketing have you found works best for your, for your business? Social marketing is huge. Um, you know, I, I, we leverage Instagram with all three um, businesses. Um, and what I mean by that is Instagram can connected to Facebook. Right. And, and so posting on Instagram, whether it's stories or, um, direct to Instagram and then sharing that on Facebook. Um, we've also done email newsletters through MailChimp or um, also just direct. Uh, so we use Square at the coffee shop. So we'll use uh, Square marketing campaigns there where we're, you know, whether it's a dollar off coupon, we haven't seen you for a while or um, just the email, you know, people that have signed up to stay in touch with us. And then we're emailing through that. Excuse and I'm me. sure that that's been great for um, right now is that you do have these, this email list already established. Um, so you're able to let people know that they can still order online and the, the new people that have come through, I'm sure it's been great because you're just building your email list even more. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That that's been, that's been huge. And, and, you know, just figuring out like at the new location um, called close quarters, we were um, that one's right on the light rail station at, at the Alameda light rail station. Um, and so, you know, as everybody's staying home, nobody's riding the light rail. Um, but there's a, an apartment above us there, an apartment building. And so, um, you know, finding out, okay, what's their, they have a private Facebook group. We were able to join that. And so we're communicating with the residents through there, uh, and have then also pivoted at that shop to be able to do, um, cause that one has a couple garage door windows. So we're doing a takeout window a couple days a week there. Um, but, but with both, right. We've also done a quick, um, change in terms of the menu. So we've, we were doing a very, you know, kind of heavy Mediterranean focus at close quarters where it was a lot of in-house food that we were making, which also meant a lot of inventory. And unfortunately, I say unfortunately because we, we really had just dialed it in and everything was really good and tasting great. But um, we've quickly pivoted to breakfast burritos. And so we're making those now in-house and, and we're doing that for both shops. And um, so that's also helping us to keep some of our employees um, you know, getting hours and, and paid. Um, so, so doing those types of things where we're not necessarily increasing our cost of goods um, and really keeping that as low as possible, but still being able to turn out, you know, coffee and some of our um, food offerings for people during the limited hours that we are. Open. I think that was a great point that you brought up too, that you joined the Facebook group for that uh, apartment complex and that's what a lot of small business owners, I think, probably don't even consider doing is joining other, you know, community groups and mm -hmm. not to sell, but just to be part of the community and bringing back that social aspect to their business. Um, and so I'm sure that your the people in the group that that live there are appreciative of it because they're like, yeah, this is our 
neighborhood shop now. Yeah, yeah. And and it's actually been, I mean, to your point, I mean, about being social, we, we've leveraged it really to get their opinion because it's, hey, you guys are going to be our customers. There's nobody else riding the train right now. Um, and while they were our customers before that, it, it, we've leveraged that to be able to ask them, like, what hours would you want if we were to open? Um, you know, kind and, of food do you want? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and so we've been able to tell them, like, oh, hey, we did get some baked goods today. Here's, you know, what we're offering. And you can go online. And, you know, we're so instead of opening, say, at, at seven or eight in the morning when, you know, people are maybe just starting their remote work or, you yeah, know, and fingers opening, crossed that. You know, yeah. there, maybe someone will come at seven, but then nobody actually ends up coming till nine. Then you just wasted two hours. Right. Exactly. So, so yeah. So we were able to do a poll on their Facebook group and say, you know, would you want a seven to ten, eight to you know eleven, or, or whatever? And so we ended up with a ten to two based on their input. I, I think that that was a, a brilliant strategy and um, way to quickly adapt and, and embrace, you know, embrace the community that. Um, for that shop. Uh, yeah. so what do you, I'm going to shift gears a little bit now and just talk a little bit about our great state of Colorado. Um, what do you like best about living and working here? What's, what's the appeal to having your business here? Um, you know, I, I mean, I guess being a native, I, I'm, I've always kind of, of course, had an affinity for, for here, but uh, you know, the, whether it's the weather, even though it changes all the time or um, really it's the people though. I mean, the, it's funny because I've talked to a lot of people I and mean, we have so many different people that move here and, and now having a shop um, or being on the light rail station, you meet a lot of people that have either just moved here or, or maybe are just visiting um, because torpedoes is actually not too far from I-70 either. So we, you know, when, when people were, were still flying, we would get a lot of people on their way to DIA or just leaving DIA, maybe heading up to the mountains or something like that. And, and so um, we get a lot of people that would stop in and say, yeah, I can't believe how, friendly everybody is in Colorado and and you know a lot of people are so nice in Denver and, and I I don't know that I necessarily thought about it that much when because I live here and you know born and raised here but um hearing it from other people and then also in my travels with my old job it was always refreshing to come home because it, it felt like yeah everybody does meet you with a smile and they are friendly and um you know all of those things it's I don't think that from a government perspective that the government also is, is very hard on small business. I mean, sure, there's, there's hoops and all the, the permitting that I was talking about before and, and you know, don't get me started on the liquor license permitting, but, um, but I, I don't know that that's any different anywhere else. So, so, you know, it's, I, I think that all of those things have been um, pretty easy to work through um, as long as you're willing to, have patience and, and, you know, follow through on, on what you need to do. But, but overall, I think, you know, Colorado, it's the people. One passion that so many business owners and entrepreneurs have is to build a business around their lifestyle, which I'm sure was one of the main draws for you starting the, the coffee shop and, and leaving the corporate world. How has that played out in your story and uh, running to your business? Um, you know, it, it's, it's funny because, with Torpedo, my, my initial thought was, great, it's eight blocks from our house. This is going to be awesome. I'm going to, you know, Feline bought me a, a longboard that I was going to ride to work every day and, you know, all of those things. For as much as, as that was the dream, one thing that you realize is having a, a brick and mortar small business, you're always taking something to the shop. So, and a lot of times it's a box or something larger than, than is able to be 
you know, carried whether walking or on a longboard or on a bike or whatever. Um, so I'd love to have say, yeah, my, my lifestyle has been being outside and walking to, to work every day. And, um, that hasn't necessarily materialized, but, um, I think, I think being able to, you know, have, have the music that I want playing and, and, you know, introducing people to, I think one of the big things that we, we like to do at, at all three of our shops is, um, highlighting local, right. Being able to say, here's these other Colorado businesses, whether it's the roaster, you know, we talked earlier about Corvus. We, we do Corvus is our primary. And then we do a guest roast program where we bring in other Colorado roasters, um, every quarter. So that allows us to, to show off to our customers. Hey, here's somebody else that's doing something maybe a little bit different or, you know, other origins that they're bringing in for coffee. Um, you know, we bring in different, um, food items or, um, at the salon, we've had different, um, you know, greeting card people or, um, candle people or, you know, different businesses that we're able to partner with and sell their, their things as well. And, and we get pretty good feedback from our customers that, Hey, I didn't even know that these, you know, this company was out there. And so it's been really cool for us from a lifestyle perspective, because those are all things that, that we always like to do is search out different vendors and um, you know, whether it was at markets or little boutiques or whatever. And, and then to find these people and say, yeah, we're going to bring them in and show off to, to our clients and, and our customers. And so um, that's been, been great. Ah, the sounds of summer. Can it get any better? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. Discover the intuitive technology of the Lexus Hybrid lineup. Explore the possibilities of a Lexus at the Golden Opportunity sales event. Now through September 6th. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Great to be able to do that. I think that it's great. Um when small businesses are able to collaborate like that and, um, you know, help one another out. And that's one of the things that I found being a small business myself is I always felt like that if I ever had a question or I needed, you know, kind of advice on this, I always was able to go and ask another small business owner. And we've always been kind of there for each other, willing to help one another out. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It, it's been awesome to see that in the, you know, once, once you get over that fear of like, Oh, I don't know if anybody's going to, you know, be willing to talk to me or whatever. I mean, for the most part, everybody's been super helpful and, and, you know, same thing now having a coffee shop, we, you know, get approached and at the salon as well, Feline's been approached so many times of like, Hey, I was thinking about doing this candle business or, you know, I had somebody that was, I want to do this zero waste shop. What would you tell me on, you know, lessons learned, best things to look out for, you know, those kinds of things. And, you know, I, I think we're both always willing to make time for that. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever received and, and how has that impacted your business or life? Hmm. That's a tough one. Um, I don't know. Best piece of advice. I don't know. We might have to come back to that one. Okay. Well, <laughs> I was going to say, but that th that, we're just about done. So, you know, if, if, before we finish up, okay. if there is anything I didn't ask you about during today's discussion that you think is important to share, what is, do you have anything else that you think is important for our listeners? Um, you know, I, I think, I think probably not letting the fear of the risk get in your way. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, especially in 
the times we're living in right now, I mean, I think there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of uncertainty out there. Um, you know, I, I mean, I could be sitting here saying, oh yeah, geez, I made the worst choice ever because if I would have just stayed at corporate, um, I'd probably be working remote and still get in a paycheck. Well, at the same time, I wouldn't be, you know, interacting with the people I do every day and, and, you know, having a, a solid team of, of people that work with me. And, um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think it's, you have to be willing to take that leap. Um, even if it's just to explore what it would take to open that business. Right. And I'm not saying, yeah, everybody's got, you know, some sweet deal that they're able to then go and parlay into a business, but go put it together and, and see what it would take, especially right now you've got the time, right? I mean, if it's something you're thinking about, um, I, I feel like over the next couple of years, things are going to be very different and in the landscape, it may change favorably for small business. I, I think hopefully people will become a little bit more focused on local and, and, you know, the small guys and, and willing to, to, get out of their comfort zone of not going to the, the big chains and, and trying something different. So, you know, this might be the, the perfect time to, to explore that. Kyle, this has been such a great conversation. Where can we find out more about you and your businesses online? Um, so, yep, Torpedo Coffee is uh, it's torpedocoffee.com. Um, you can look up Torpedo Coffee on Instagram as well. Uh, coffee shop wise, the other business is called Close Quarters, also kind of nautical theme there. Um, but and that's theclosequarters.com. Also uh, on Instagram, it's Close Quarters Denco for Denver, Colorado. Uh, and then we have Let Them Have It Salon. Um, and that's let them have it salon.com. Um, so we each, you know, each of those websites have a lot of information about it. Um, and are now, as I said earlier, building out online stores for all of those. Um, and, and each of those have a Instagram and Facebook pages that, um, we're posting to multiple times a day. So, um, those are probably the best bet for any of them. Or, um, if you'd like to get in touch, I'm at Kyle at torpedocoffee.com. Right. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for coming on the show today. Sure. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. As always, I'd love to hear from you. You can visit my website at www.nextstepsocialcommunications.com or connect with me on LinkedIn. Just look for Katie Brinkley. Let's keep taking your marketing to new heights.